Coach, good timing. Uh, Dan Ingham just left my office. Dan was picking up a piece of equipment to take with him to Oklahoma City this week, and I know you guys are getting ready, and uh, I'm sure looking forward to the postseason. We are, um, and Dan's a great guy. He is. Um, it's really been good for us, so just uh, appreciate you mentioning him. Uh, yeah, we're, we we had practice the last two mornings, same time we will be playing on Friday to kind of get acclimated to uh, getting up early and getting ready to go, and today we beat the rain, so we had a good one. Were you out on the field today, or did you have to go indoors this morning? No, we had uh, reserved the football indoor, but yeah. uh, the rain held off, and it started raining about two minutes after we walked off the field. So oh, hey, <laughs> that's providential. Hey, that's pretty good, <laughs> and it is that's coming sign, down. right? It's a sign yeah, ex- that things are going to happen. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, let's go back to last weekend, uh, tough weekend against Texas. Uh, to me, you guys, you did some good things. Uh, Pitching-wise, you really did some good things against a good-hitting team, but Texas was just hitting on all cylinders, it seemed like, this weekend. Yeah, you're kind of putting lipstick on a pig there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I I uh, was proud of the way the girls improved as the weekend went, you know, and, and this you know, we're make excuses, but we're coming off of a week of finals and, and we're playing a really good team. Uh, they've won, they've lost nine games Only the year number three hitting team in the nation and, you know, some great pitching. So our work was cut out for us. I'm very disappointed that we couldn't find a way to come up with a win out of that um, and compete a little bit better. Uh, really, really disappointed in Friday, Saturday. I did think Sunday on senior day that we, we competed much, much better and they, they made some great plays to, to keep us um, keep us off the board. Uh, I thought we hit the ball much better, although we didn't get production out of it. So I did see some things, some positives uh, that we could gain some momentum from moving into the weekend of uh, Big 12 tournament. How about your uh, your pitching overall on the weekend? How'd you feel about that about against Texas? A moment, uh, moments of uh, of. Uh, you know, really good outings. Uh, Gia had some innings where she went uh, one, two, three innings. And, uh, you know, I guess the brightest spot, though, I thought Gia did look uh, really good on, on Saturday, uh, Sunday. I know we had one bad inning really outside of that. She gave us gave us a solo home run. But uh, that inning was uh, started off by an error. And, uh, you know, it just can't give a crack in the door to a team like Texas. Uh, but I was really, I think the biggest bright spot the last couple of outings has been Aaliyah Pritchett in the circuit circle, and she's really squelched some offenses, and we're hoping that she can step it up and be big for us in postseason. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leading you, Aaliyah Benford now, and, and I had not really seen her in the circle much, but she came in, and I, I think once she got settled in there against, again, against a good hitting team, I thought she looked really good on Saturday. She did. Thanks for correcting me with that, that new name of hers. So <laughs> I haven't struggled too much with that, but it is Aaliyah Benford now. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, she's an all around athlete and we need her in the circle, uh, have needed her, but COVID had other, other demands. And, and now that she's back, we, you know, that's a, that's a little bit of a, a bright light for us. And a lot of teams haven't seen her now, so we're going to see what she can do now that we're headed into postseason. And we're going to have, outside of the Big 12 tournament, we're going to see teams that haven't seen any of our pitchers. And I think Gia's throwing her best ball, too. And, and you got Sydney to mix in there with her 
um, 70 mile an hour fastball to throw them off for a little while. We got a good combination there, and and our offense is not bad either. Although I didn't produce this weekend, um, there's there's reasons for optimism. Our, our biggest concern, or my biggest concern, John, is our lack of speed. Our speed is out. And Madison Kettler, Nikki Dawson, Anna Watson, you know, all three great hitters, three of our best, but they're out of the lineup now. So really, we don't have a a lot of uh, base stealing threats, a lot of short game threats like we typically do. So we're going to have to swing it. And uh, we've got a couple of top of the orders been pretty good swinging away. And, um, and, you know, that's just what we have and what we have to play. And we're just going to have to do what we can with it. But I'm yeah. optimistic. Yeah, that's uh, that's Lou Gilbert and Emily Hot at the top of the order. And, man, have they they've been playing really, really well for you. Uh, yes, uh, they have been very, they've been on fire and, and it doesn't matter the pitcher, they're going to compete. Uh, those are two special ones. They're both young and we're going to see a lot of it bat uh, them in the future. And now Lou had to move in to that position after we lost one of the best hitters in the country and Nick, Nikki Dawson. And, and, uh, she's got five home runs. So she's a triple threat. She can lay down a bunt and she can hit a double and she can hit it out of the park. So when you have a kid that can hit a double, or triple, and you don't have to bunt them over and waste your next at bat. And, and Lou's been, I mean, uh, Emily's been pretty productive batting behind her as well. Glenn Moore, our guest, Baylor softball coach here on ESPN Central Texas. Coach, another player who's been having a lot of success at the plate is Taylor Ellis with a hit in 10 straight games. What have you been seeing from her that, that's making her so successful at the plate? You know, I, I'm glad you brought her up because she, I think she had 10 straight games. She's a she just the kid just plays with a not a kid anymore. She just plays with a, a chip on her shoulder all the time. It's like every at bat is a challenge to her. She takes it personal. She hates to get beat. We've asked a lot out of her moving her around defensively, and I I believe she's become one of our best third basemen at, at the same time, and she just really loves it over there. So I just think. Um, I think she's focused, too. I'm anxious to see how she does in postseason because I I really think she's going to continue to to finish this thing strong. Now that y'all have played everybody, does that help as far as game planning when you're entering this conference tournament, or is it just not a factor? No, it helps. It helps, but it also helps them as well. They know us as well. So, um, you know, we, we go into some of the, especially after a COVID year where you had no conference games, now you're headed into, uh, playing a team that has two years of players that you haven't seen. So it was, we were a little bit blinded, a lot of, uh, a lot of TV and softball now. So you get a lot more film than you used to, and you get to see those, those athletes. But uh, now that we've played them, seen them firsthand, it really helps all of us, but especially coach Newman calling the pitches because she can pick apart a swing in a heartbeat. And I think she's, uh, she doesn't make the same mistake twice. Glenn, back to uh, Taylor Ellis, and she's been really versatile for you, moved around some different positions, done well in all of those. But, boy, she, she really has found a home at third, hasn't she? John, I'm, you know, that's the hardest position on the field to play. I told her the other day, I said, you got to be a little bit crazy to play that position. She just laughed, but you do. I mean, those balls come well over 100 miles an hour off the bats right down the, the third baseline from those righties that are pulling it, and there's some great hitters in in this sport now and you've got to respect the bunt and still be able to field a, a ball coming over 100 miles an hour at you and and uh, she is really um 
you know, we, we decided to do that early on, thought that might be our best combination of players, not necessarily that she couldn't play short. We had two catchers coming in, but we decided to try that and see how um, how she liked it. I think she was a little apprehensive, although she never said that. I just read her as being a little apprehensive, uh, you know, and where she is playing the distance from the plate, which is normal, but it didn't take her long to fall in love with that position. And she can throw off the run. She's taken some swinging bunts or some bunts and, throwing them out on the run to first base as well as anybody we've had. And we've had some real good third basemen in this, in this program. Yeah, you've had some great ones through the years at third base. And I just think Taylor has fit in really, really well there. What about uh, going to Oklahoma City in the Big 12 tournament pool play on Friday for you? You end up in the pool with uh, you're the number four seed with uh, Oklahoma as the number one seed and Texas Tech the number six how, what do you think about the way, uh, you know, that has shaken out uh, in your pool play on Friday? Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think everybody was trying to stay out of the pool with Oklahoma because they just seemed insurmountable uh, with their talent. Uh, but watching uh, Oklahoma State compete against them, you know, certainly respect Oklahoma State. and We've played them, uh, but they, did, they, they didn't seem as invincible. Um uh, not that you'd ever pick to play Oklahoma, but you got to play them to, to win a championship anyway. So our focus right now is on Texas Tech because we need to win a ball game. We we lost three in a row now, and we need to win a ball game. We're going to have our name up there on the board with the committee, and we're at a 38 RPI, and we need to win a ball game and have some momentum in this tournament. So our focus is on Texas Tech, and then uh, – you know, we'll we'll deal with the Sooners when we get there. But I tell you, this team's not afraid of them. If you watched us play uh, them in the doubleheader, you saw us come out swinging like our backs were against the wall. And I think Lou led off with a double right away, and uh, Emily hit well. So we, we fought them a little bit. It just couldn't stay with them. And I know your thinking has kind of changed through the years, uh, kind of back and forth as far as the benefits of a Big 12 tournament. Are, are you in the camp that you like it? You think it's good now? It's, it can be beneficial to you and the league? Yes, I am. I was uh, not a proponent of the tournament early on when we were a real strong uh, conference. I thought we were beating ourselves up and we were tired when we would play the Pac-12. I think we had the second RPI conference in the nation to the Pac-12 and they were taking the weekend off or playing two games as opposed to to elimination tournaments. So the better teams were playing three and four tur- games and I just didn't feel like it benefited us. But then when we dropped it and our conference kind of lost some of its strength, uh, we went down to the third or fourth RPI conference in the country and I I, I was a proponent, not only a proponent, I instigated the uh, conversation to uh, bring it back and we gained, gained some momentum. There's multiple reasons why it helps. The format's good. It's confusing to some people, but we know when we're playing so our fans can be there and we only play two days, maximum three games, and uh, it helps our RPI. Plus, we get to sell the, the fact that if we finish in top six of seven teams, which we should, we get to go to Oklahoma City and play in the Hall of Fame Stadium, which no other conference has the ability, no other Power Five conference has the ability to do that. So there's some reasons why we needed to bring it back for our conference, and um, and I'm just glad we were able to do that. Yeah, that's a big plus being able to be on that same field in the uh, you know the area that hosts the uh, World Series. That's a real plus for our league. Yeah, all the legends have played there. Girls know that uh, the pro leagues play. Uh, you know, it is. The World Series is the greatest event in 
in uh, women's softball, NCAA softball. So, you know, it's it means something. They've just done a super nice renovation with an upper level deck. The, the thing sells out every year. To, it's a great place to be for the World Series and for us to have the opportunity and not take advantage of it. I thought uh, didn't make sense. All right, final question, and this is kind of out of left field, okay? But I don't know when the next time you and I will have a chance to talk face-to-face is, so I'm going to just ask you on the air. Uh, The Texas catcher is Mary Iacopo, and she has this habit or routine or whatever of slapping her glove right before (laughs) the pitch is thrown. Is that uh, is that distracting in any way to the to the batter, or I mean, do you make an issue out of that at all? No, uh, it's, it happens more often in softball than you think. You really? see a okay. lot of catchers that do that. I don't know. You know, I've never heard any coach speak on why they would teach that or or why. You know, I, maybe it's just uh, a trigger to uh, here we're ready to go. I don't yeah. really know why it's done. It's a little irritating to me personally, so maybe <laughs> that's why they do it. Maybe, yeah. But it, it almost sounds like, you know, it almost sounds like it's the ball hitting their, her mitt. She slaps it so hard, uh, and, and you look up and know the pitch hadn't been thrown yet. I, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Hey, you know, back when I was with Eddie Fainer in the King of Court, yeah. he used to do a hidden ball trick where the catcher had to slap their mitt and pretend they caught a pitch, and then they'd walk off the field when you never even threw one. And we had a batter one time uh, get so upset about that that uh, he was arguing about it, and we thought he was – arguing that he didn't uh, throw the pitch, but he thought the ball was high. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> That's classic right there. That's that right. is classic. Hey, we appreciate the visit. Uh, good luck in Oklahoma City, and thanks for being on with us today. Thank you, guys. All right, appreciate man. it. All right, appreciate it. Uh, Glenn Moore, Baylor softball coach.